Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. We don't need none of that. Find us wherever you find your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Believe Podcast Network. That is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. My man Kevin Cleland, as always, is running the boards, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's up? How you doing, brother? Hey, Reggie. Doing uh, excellent. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of this kind of summer heat wave and uh, looking forward that to come to a close because we are six days away from the kickoff of the NFL season with the Rams versus the Buffalo Bills at SoFi Stadium. And I am looking forward to that. Yeah, and Kevin will be in the house because Kevin is a season ticket holder. But this heat wave ain't ain't going nowhere. This heat wave is here. It is hot as hell in LA. It's hot as hell out here. I looked outside. I swore I saw the devil sitting out there. It is killing. LA is killing. But yo, thank y'all for tuning in, listening. We got a great show for you this week. We are going to talk about Donovan Mitchell getting traded from the Utah Jazz. We're also going to talk a little bit about Serena the Goat and her victory lap. But first up, So, if you listen to the show, which you do listen because you're listening right now, you're hearing me, you know that I'm a San Francisco 49er fan and actually shouldn't be called the San Francisco 49ers because they no longer play in San Francisco. They play in my hometown of San Jose, but that is neither here nor there. But there was some news this week about my San Francisco slash San Jose 49ers. Our quarterback, backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, restructured his contract and is now going to stay with the 49ers and be a backup to Trey Lance. And when it happened, oh my God, shockwaves went through the world. Kevin, I'm watching all the news shows, and everybody's like, oh my God, they must not trust Trey Lance. Oh my God, they're bringing Jimmy G back into the building. This is this can't be a good thing for the young quarterback. Like, there's going to be a, a locker room split. There's going to be controversy. And to all that, I say, shut the hell up. Do y'all understand who the hell Jimmy G is? Because apparently y'all don't watch the games or y'all just ain't seen this dude's movies. He's all right, but he ain't real. If I could, if I could steal from a Jay-Z line, he's all right, but he's not real. The dude threw 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions last year. And y'all acting like he is the second coming of Joe Montana. Like, we can't have that guy in the locker room because he's going to steal all the players. He's going to make everybody wish that he was back out there. What? These players out here wishing for average? They, they, they wishing for a tick above just I right? Man, don't nobody give a damn. Nobody cares about Jimmy G coming back except for the 49ers organization because they've got the best backup in the NFL now at a reduced cost, might I add. Jimmy Garoppolo was scheduled to make $26 million this year as a backup because they went to Trey Lance because 
They gave up the world to get Trey Lance. And after last year seeing Jimmy G be just aight again, they decided it was time to get a return on their investment. So they went to to Jimmy and said, we are going to go with Trey Lance this year because why not? Trey Lance could have done everything that Jimmy G did last year. Trey Lance could throw for 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Trey Lance can throw an interception with his eyes closed. Trey Lance can try to give away the game against the Cowboys. Trey Lance can try to give away a game against the Green Bay Packers. Trey Lance can give away the game against the Los Angeles Rams if he needs to. Trey Lance could have done everything that Jimmy G did along the way. So why not go to the young guy who has a ceiling up to heaven? Let's see what it is. So they went and told Jimmy, we're going to go with with Trey Lance. You can look for a trade and try to find a trade partner, and we'll see if we can get you to the best place possible. But a funny thing happened on the way to the rodeo. Didn't nobody want this dude. Why? Because the whole league knows that he's I and he ain't real. The whole league knows. The only people that don't know are these clowns on Twitter and on the social media and on the TV because they're trying to sell entertainment and news stories that they got to have y'all have some kind of controversy somewhere. So they're going to keep pushing this narrative that Jimmy G is just a winner and he's got the whole locker room. Man, I've been in football locker rooms. Don't nobody care about a dude's winning percentage if that dude can't really ball. We, they, we know who's real and who ain't. We know who got the goods and who don't. He's just a dude or just a guy. They call him Jags. Just a guy. And nobody wanted just a guy, Jimmy. Nobody did. Especially after he had shoulder surgery, right? Had shoulder surgery in the offseason, and then he's coming back, can't really throw, and all the teams are making their draft preparations, they're, they're signing their free agents, and you got this dude who's scheduled to make $26 million and he's just aight. What you going to give up for that? And, and what are the Niners trying to get back for that? The Niners serve themselves better, not giving away a, not taking a fifth or sixth round draft pick for the guy, which... Didn't even matter because nobody wanted to take on a $26 million salary for a guy that they think is just a stopgap. They're going to end up drafting his replacement this next year or the year after that. So nobody wanted to give, take that financial hit. So Jimmy was just in limbo this whole offseason. And everybody's sitting there waiting, wondering what's going to happen. And what was eventually going to happen is he was either going to get cut and get no money or he was going to restructure his deal make some money, and stay in a place that he already knows. Like, this is a win-win for the Niners and for Jimmy Garoppolo. It looks bad for Jimmy Garoppolo because ain't nobody want him, but it looks good for him because now he's get, he gets paid $6 million, and it could be incentives up to $16 million. Hopefully he never reaches these incentives because, duh, we want Trey Lance in there and not Jimmy G. But if he happens to have to go in there, he could make some incentives and make that salary up to $16 million. But $6 million to be the backup on a team where you already know the offense in a home you've been in for the past five years. And he gets to add to that a no trade clause. So they can't trade him anywhere he doesn't want to go. And it's a one year contract. They can't franchise tag him. He's basically got one year to just chill, sit on the bench, hold a clipboard, teach Trey Lance a thing or two that he might know more than Trey Lance, which I'm sure he's got a lot of more mental ability and experience, not physical, because we've seen that. But he gets to sit there and help mentor a young quarterback who apparently, from all reports, they that they liked each other. They had a good time last year with Trey sitting behind him trying to learn. He gets to hold a clipboard and make $6 million in a city that he loves and wait it out. 
See what happens. If some team along the way this season has a catastrophic injury to their quarterback, now they can come and trade for a $6 million guy. It's a win-win. Jimmy gets to, he can say, oh, yeah, I will go there. I will go to the Dolphins, who just lost uh, their quarterback. Knock on wood is Tua because I, I have Tua in my fantasy league, so I, that's a bad, but not, not Tua. Let's say somebody else. Uh, uh, Justin Herbert, right? The Chargers, something goes wrong with the Chargers, and they need a quarterback. They can come and say, yo, we'll take Jimmy G. We'll give you a second-round pick for him. Win-win. The 49ers win because now they've got the best backup in the league, and in case Trey Lance sucks or looks boo-boo in the first couple of games, They've got insurance. They got a dude who's been there, done that. They can throw in there and not really and not really lose a beat. They'll, they'll be basically the same team they had last year. Right? And 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 for anybody talking about, well, Trey Lance is gonna be, you know, it's gonna hurt his mental develop development because now he's got this guy looking over his shoulder. Man, ain't nobody worried about that dude behind him. Trey Lance ain't worried about no Jimmy G. He's seen that dude. He knows they sent away three future first round picks for him. The dude in the background is just exactly that. He's in the background. It's my time now. Trey Lance looking at the 49ers and everybody around there talking about, I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. Because that's what it is. And stop with this notion that this is the, a fractured locker room and, and Jimmy G looking over his shoulder. Man, that dude, ain't, don't nobody care about that dude except for y'all trying to make a story out of nothing. The 49ers are just fine. Now, I will say, when I watched the last preseason game, uh, Trey Lance looked a little not so good. And there's a lot of factors that happened with that. He didn't have his real starting line. You know, um, you know, the real starting line wasn't in there, so he's getting rushed and running around. He was throwing some balls behind people, ahead of people. Didn't look great. I was hoping he would play the whole first half. But, again, when you ain't got your real starting line, you ain't going to have that dude out there for the whole damn first half of the game messing around. So we're going to see what happens the first week of the season. They go to Chicago to play the Bears, and I will be in Chicago that week, hopefully going to the game, or I'll be in a bar somewhere watching my Niners whoop the Bears' ass. But I'm not worried at all. I'm ecstatic about this. We have, the, we have a great quarterback room, a great quarterback situation. This is a win-win for both teams. So excited. And on the same note, we talked about quarterbacks. There was another bombshell that just happened the other day. Russell Wilson signed a new contract, a five-year contract with the Denver Broncos. Five years, 100 and what is that, $69 million guaranteed? Is that, is that, is that what it is? I think $169 million, $161 million guaranteed. Uh, Kyler Murray. Signed a deal a couple of weeks ago, right, where he got, uh, I believe his was a four-year extension, and he got 189 guaranteed. That all comes off of Deshaun Watson getting the whole 230 guaranteed. And somewhere, somehow, Lamar Jackson is sitting back sipping lemonade like, yo, the price just keep going up. And apparently, the Ravens just ain't getting to the real price because if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not taking a dollar less than what Deshaun Watson got. And I don't care. We talked about it a, a couple weeks ago. The Cleveland Browns did what I like to call fucking up the game for everybody else. They paid way too much for this quarterback, and now it's setting the market up for everybody else. Deshaun Watson ain't won no MVP. Deshaun Watson ain't won no playoff game. Lamar Jackson has done that and done it with less. Did, Lamar Jackson has never had a number one receiver. 
For all this talk that we talk about, well, we don't know if he could throw the ball. Well, why don't you give him a number one? Let's see what happens. Let's give him a Snoop. Uh, uh, a Snoop. Uh, what's his name? Oh boy, they had. Now he's with. Uh, now he's with the Cardinals and, and Kyler Murray. But uh, but Snoop Hopkins and Jamar had him when he was with the Texans, right? Herbert got Allen and and Williams. Rodgers had Devontae Adams. We're going to see how he look now with Lazar, right? Brady has got, you know, uh, Evans. You know, he's got receivers. Let's see these. Patrick Mahomes had Tyreek. Let's see how he does without Tyreek now. But let's see Lamar with a number one and then judge him off of that. If he gets a number one and he sucks, okay, cool. Dude came ball. But all I've seen is him be an MVP with a number two at best receiver, probably a number three. And the price just keeps going up. I'm not taking a dollar less than what Deshaun Watson got. And and Russ, Russ got 161. Kyler got 189. Nah, man. It, I'm not taking anything less than what Deshaun got because I got more hardware than him. I've done more with less than him. They got to pay up. It's going to be interesting because he said that at the start of the season, week one, he was done having the contract talks. And this dude, he seems like the type of cat that'll just bet on himself. Right. And you can't blame him because why not? They're going to give him the money. Eventually, he's going to get paid. Now, he might not get the Deshaun Watson money if he goes through this season and messes around and gets hurt like like Dak Prescott. But the same thing happened with Dak Prescott. People was talking to me about, oh, man, he messed up his money. No, he didn't. He still broke the bank. Right. Because what else are they going to do? They're going to re-sign that guy. There aren't enough great quarterbacks and MVP quarterbacks out there for them just to say, oh, I'm going to let this guy go. No. Deshaun Watson, I mean, Lamar Jackson gets hurt. He, they're still going to pay him. He might not get to 230 if he messes around and has a bad injury or, of some sort, but he's going to get paid. And even then, all he does is take out an insurance policy for like $100 million this year. And if something happens and he can't play no more, man, he catches it on $100 million. It won't be 230 but <laughs> who's sneezing at 100 And if you sneeze at 100 you let me know where you live so I can come over and slap your face. I'm Reggie Watkins. We'll be back after the break. Can you, can you hear that, Kevin? If, if, you, if you listen really closely and you're very quiet, you can hear the sound of Knicks fans crying. From all the way over here on the West Coast, we can hear Knicks fans' tears and sobs because Donovan Mitchell got traded from the Utah Jazz to, 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 to where? To the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not the New York Knicks, who the, the Knicks swore was coming to him, Donovan Mitchell, which I don't know why they gave a damn and they wanted to do so much, but the Knicks just love having some kind of name around. And yeah, he's got a name, but he's just another guy. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a dope scorer, but he's a volume shooter. And the Jazz inevitably were going to have to get rid of him anyway, right? It's, it's Utah. And, and I don't know what's worse getting drafted and having to play in Utah or the Utah Jazz trading you to Cleveland. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, give me levels of worseness. I don't, I, either one, there's no win here. It's all bad, except for Donovan Mitchell now gets to go to a team where they're going to be competitive. They will be a competitive team in the East. I mean, hell, they just made the playoffs this year. They'll probably be, I mean, are they, with? okay, look at their roster now. They've got Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, who I think is dope. 
and Evan Mobley at their center. They had to give away Colin Sexton, who is a good backup, who's a good point guard, a good starter in this league. He was good for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was just hurt uh, this past season. But they had to give away Colin Sexton. They had to give away Laurie Markkinen, who was a nice sharp shooter from the outside for them to spread the floor. And uh, Ochai uh, Agbaji, I don't even have to say, I don't know who the hell he is. I don't even remember seeing that dude. And three unprotected first-round picks in 2025, which won't matter because if they keep these guys for the next uh, three years, they're going to be drafting late in the draft, so it won't matter. They'll be giving away the 25th pick, right? But it doesn't change life so much for Cleveland that it really matters because they're still not better than Milwaukee Bucks. They're not better than, than the Nets, if the, with the Nets currently constructed. Uh, I don't know if I have – I mean, they might be on par with the Bulls. I don't think they're better than the Miami Heat. Uh, I don't think they're better than the Boston Celtics. So right there, I think that's got – they're only better than the Philadelphia 76ers. So right there, I think that puts them in about the sixth, seventh seed in the East, sixth, seventh best team in the East, which is about where they should be. I mean, they're going to be fighting with the Hawks and the Bulls around there. The Bulls will be there if, if they get back healthy. The Bulls, the Hawks, uh, the Hornets are kind of trying to make a little come up there. But it doesn't change anything, really. They're not winning the championship with this squad because they've got a bunch of low spades. Right, they got a bunch of low spades. They have no big star, which is what you need in this NBA to actually win a title. You can have all these ancillary pieces and all these good players around you, but if you don't have a star, you ain't got nothing. You know, this it just it just doesn't happen that way no more. And so they don't have it. We can see if somebody's going to develop in that. I don't think that Darius Garland is going to be a superstar in this league. I, I already know Donovan Mitchell is not a superstar. He can score points, but he is not a superstar. He plays no defense. Darius Garland don't play no defense either. Um, so I, it's an okay trade. I mean, for the Jazz, they get all this stuff back. They get these players. But all it is is it's a merry-go-round for the Jazz. The Jazz are perpetually on a second-round treadmill that's where they are because they're in utah all they can do is draft somebody and hope to god they pick a great player and they get to keep him for five or six years and then after that that player who usually is a young african-american dude is going to want to go somewhere where there's a lot of other african-american people and not all these damn mormons it's just the lay of the land it's just the way the game goes i'm sorry Young, black, rich, millionaire dudes ain't trying to kick it with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. This is not not what they're doing. Salt Lake City is a cool town. I've been there. Salt Lake City is cool as hell. Park City is dope, too. But for a couple of days, not for years, right? The the Jazz got so lucky that they had Carl Malone, who, who, who just is an anomaly in himself. Carl Malone, Carl Malone, boot wearing, uh, stirs wearing, uh, uh, cowboy hat wearing Carl Malone loved Salt Lake City and stayed there forever. John Stockton with the zero left hand stayed there forever and made them competitive. But gone are those days. They just got rid of Rudy Gobert for the world. They got a lot of draft picks for him, right? A lot of players for him. And now they got rid of Donovan Mitchell. They're starting over. They're going to be a low seed in the in the in the West if they even make the playoffs. I doubt they even make the playoffs. They just lost their two best players and brought back a bunch of even lower players, right? So they're not making it anywhere. Um, it's going to be a tough road to sled for them and them. The Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who just lost Chet Holmgren, who I call Coach Chet because that dude's so frail. He's already out for this season. 
but I can't see him lasting in this NBA. I call him Coach Chet because he's going to be coaching at Gonzaga in about three to four years because he just can't. He's not. I saw the dude with my own eyes. I saw him in the college playoffs. He just couldn't hang with the real dogs. So how's he going to get to the NBA and really hang with the real NBA? It ain't happening. He needs creatine lotion. He needs creatine toothpaste. He needs creatine water. Anything he can get his hands on that's going to put some bulk on him, Chet Hunger needs to be doing. But some people just can't put that kind of weight on, and that's what, I always, that's what I've seen from that dude, and it's just going to be a wrap. So when you got teams like Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder, hell, even the Milwaukee Bucks, they got lucky that they found Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the greatest player in the world, who decided, I want to stay here and make it happen right here, because that don't happen. And it ain't going to happen for the Utah Jazz. It ain't happening for the Sacramento Kings. It ain't happening for Oklahoma City Thunder. These are wastelands in the NBA. And if they ever get good players, they've got about five to six years before that player is looking for a trade and trying to get up out of there. So, yay, nice trade. Sounds good. Donovan Mitchell going to the Cavs. Uh, Good for them, too. But they're two wasteland teams. Cleveland's a wasteland. They got lucky and drafted LeBron James, the greatest player of all time, who actually happened to be from there. And he stayed around for a while, left, came back, and then bounced again. He left them twice. What the hell do you think anybody going to do to Utah? Ain't nobody coming back there. Hell, they couldn't even keep the great white hope that they had. Uh, what was his name? Oh, boy, it came from uh, Butler, and then he ended up going to the Charlotte, and he was at the Celtics. I forget the white boy's name. Good, good player. But they couldn't even keep the white star in Utah. They got no shot of keeping anybody else. So, cool trade. Don't really matter. Next. Let me back after the break. That's the sound of the GOAT, baby. Serena Williams, the GOAT. Kevin, were you watching that match on Wednesday? Did you see her against... I did not watch the whole thing, but I did catch the highlights, and boy, does she look good. She is just on fire, man. Um, and watching the crowd just cheer her on, it's just, uh, it's amazing. Dude. She is going out with a bang. Dude, we were going off. She looks so good. Like, and it's just, it's so much. It's the U.S. Open, and she's talking about how she had the, the, the Tiger on her back since 1999. Like, she has been phenomenal, and she's only played, I think, like five or six matches this whole year. And to see her come to the U.S. Open where she usually struggles and sometimes she just choked it away, um, to see her on her, what she's saying is going to be her transition away from tennis. This might be the last, you know, tournament. To see her go in and win that first day, win that second round matchup, I was like jumping up off my couch at these volleys and these, you know, just all the back and forth was so dope. And to see vintage Serena and then to hear the crowd, like that poor girl she was playing against, I think she looked like a child to me, but also to be in that arena and have everybody cheering for the opponent every single time. You just, the momentum is just insane. And it's the goat that you're playing against. Like, this was the number two ranked player in the world, and Venus ran her up off the court in straight sets. I mean, ran her up off the court. This was this was just, oh, man. It was insane to watch. It was dope to watch. And then yesterday they played, Venus and Serena played doubles, uh, and they lost, and that is going to be the end of their doubles, you know, teaming and pairing, which was always so dope to me to watch them both 
on the court at the same time because if you watch that King Richard the movie and you just see their lives and how they came about it and how they got to where they're at it's just so inspirational and just such a American like American like love story like these two girls from a from a hard part of town made it through to an elitist sport and became the best at it Venus got there and was dope and then Serena came and just wiped up the floor with everybody and to see them on the court at the same time just so magical and so dope and they lost yesterday and it's probably going to be the last time that they play doubles together because Serena said she is moving on and tonight she plays in the third round against we tried to say this Ajla Tomoljanovic I hope I said that right I'm sorry Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Tomoljanovic if I messed up your daughter's name my bad um, but don't nobody really give a damn about her right now, right? We are watching this to see Serena keep going. I, I believe she's got to win this round, and then she got quarterfinals, we get semifinals, and then we can get to a finals. Because if she can mess around and win this U.S. Open as her last hurrah, oh my God. Like, she's already the go. I don't want anybody talking about there could be, oh, there's other people, Mar Martina Navratilova. Um, you know, no, stop. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Serena, the greatest of all time, mouthed down everybody they put in front of her while she had to go deal with racism and all other kind of dumb shit, still kept just showing up and whooping ass. And the sport is going to miss her. Like, if the ratings for that Wednesday, that was 2.6 million viewers that ESPN was holding, shattering anything that they had from last year's U.S. Open. Right, shattering any kind of ratings they had. The, it's must see TV. Hell, I was watching yesterday. They were they were they were televising Serena practicing. They, when she leaves, it's going to be a void in tennis like we haven't seen. She was a force of nature. She is a force of nature, and her even her after after match interviews are amazing. She's so cocky, so confident, and just so badass. It's just. Ah, I'm gonna miss the hell out of seeing her. And I'm watching this tonight. It's at 4 p.m. I'm sure we we won't you guys won't be listening to this until probably tomorrow. But yo, I hope you guys are taking in this performance, taking in this woman and seeing her greatness because it only comes around so often. And when it's there, we gotta cherish it. We gotta just just love it. Ah, I can't wait. Serena is the GOAT. And I don't even know if it's just tennis. She might be the great one of the greatest athletes of all time. She's just that phenomenal. I can't wait. And I'm thanking y'all for listening. I'm probably right. I'm Reggie Watkins. Thank you. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the boards, engineering, producing the show. Thank you so much. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.